Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection now 65% off. Plus, Macy Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Hey everyone, thank you for downloading the new episode of The Retro Gamers. Hopefully you're getting these automatically because you hit the subscribe button for crying out loud, we tell you every week. Larry here. And Anthony here. <laughs> What's going on, Ant? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, is everything... And, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's about it. <laughs> that Listen, what? Listen, we got, we got three hurricanes, possibly a fourth one. We had wildfires out in the west we had earthquakes what could possibly be going on (laughs) i don't know i'm i'm just reading an article that the uh santa monica pier got evacuated for a bomb threat so what's going on that's not mother nature that one don't count (laughs) oh okay i'm sorry (laughs) we've got we've got irma jose katia and a bomb threat on santa monica pier yeah (laughs) How uh, the uh, I'm assuming looks like you survived the uh, the wildfires out there. Hopefully successfully, it, it, uh, without a scratch on me or a burn. Good, good, excellent. Yeah, That's... in fact, the closest I came to burning myself was on my uh, oven. Duh. <laughs> I'll do it each and every time. Yeah, basically. All right, good. Well, glad. But, to see uh, yeah, no, everything's good here. Um, good. It's it's just really hot. Yeah, well, that's that's good. Yeah, it's it's well, it's starting going to September. Doesn't it get a little. I mean, it should start getting chillier over there, right? Uh, yeah, sure, considering the fact that it was like 90-something degrees today. That is god-awful ridiculous. Yep. I don't even want to... Uh, are you one of those people who'd be like, well, the well, humidity's that's... not bad? Well, the humidity's actually not bad, not to okay. <laughs> It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat, but you know what? It's still friggin' hot. Yeah, okay? it's... Yeah, that makes I'm still, you... Little... I'm, I'm still hiding indoors, and I will be hiding indoors until November. Honestly, it makes you... Yeah, you're hot and, and, and squishy and... and icky and good it's like no thank you that's just it's just grossness yeah yikes yeah well you know considering the fact that uh i had to uh transform my house this weekend for a short film shoot um and i spent a lot of my time outside covering covering all of the windows and climbing on my roof to cover the skylights wow Uh, okay um with yes with uh with the contractor garbage bags so i can block (laughs) out the house because the whole because the whole film took place at night Okay, uh, and we were shooting it in the day. Wouldn't so. have been easier to to do it from the block out the windows on the inside. No, because then in certain cases you would risk it being seen in the shot. Oh, okay. Oh, so, I gotcha. I see what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I think yeah. it would look a little rent if you're watching a short film and you see garbage bags blocking the windows. So, um, so you know, we we we, we did we did it the legit way. Fair enough. They did it properly. Very good. Listen, we, we've yes. already done our fair share of, of, of low-budget filming, so. 
back uh, in yeah, the and day. I'd like to not go there again. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, such terrible, terrible quality. But at least you, you, you've you've kicked up your quality top notch. So good stuff there. Kudos, as they say. Yes, I, I've taken a couple of steps uh, <laughs> since 1997. Oh, my God. 97. Steps up. God help us. Yep, 20 years. Ugh. 20 years. I don't even want to think about it. Just time. This year, I can't believe we're in September. This year, 2017 has been the fastest year of my life so far. Uh, every year is the fastest year of my it, life. It's ridiculous. It just, I can't, I blinked, and all of a sudden, I know we're here. Oh, well. I would say time flies when you're having fun, but uh, this hasn't been a fun year. It's just been a busy year. It's All right, very well, very busy. It's, it's not that bad, you know, not that bad. So, no, 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 definitely not. But you know, onward and forward we go. <laughs> uh, we're already looking forward to 2018, folks. We've already given up on the rest of 2017. So that's right. 20, yeah, 2017's in the bag. Let's see, just move on. See, you know, 2018. So, yep. Yeah, Can well, we just jump to Christmas? Well, oh, please, let's not rush. Very, very smart friend of mine said, "What? Don't rush, don't rush." I'm completely misquoting that, but we'll, we're going to get there when we get there. Um, but you know, it's funny that you say that. Like twenty something years have passed by. You know, I, why? You know, I'm just going to get right into this. I mean, we pulled up this, this, this well, you did uh, pulled up this list, and it just dawned on me. It's like almost forty years. With some of these arcade games on this list that we're going to talk about, I know that's kind of downright frightening, isn't it? Uh, gosh, it's it's wild. Um, and you know it's and you know and, and you know it's scarier um, for both of us, perhaps, um, or one of us, maybe. We've been alive for everything on this list. Um, I, I would imagine. Well, I was born in 1980, so uh, yeah. So I mean, unless any of these games came out in January, February, or most of March. I think we both were were around when any of these games uh, came out. Well, doesn't that just make me feel old? <laughs> Makes us both feel old because we're going to go through it right now, and I'm going to give the year the game came out. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be terrible. Well, just so everybody, I don't know if you mentioned it, but like for people who are listening, this uh, the title of the article was the 25 best selling arcade games of the 19. 19- 80s. Yes, and um, we're checking this out, uh, thegeeky.co.uk, so I'm uh, just going to check that out, and um, so we'll see what the, well, you know, it's funny. Are we going bottom to top or top to bottom? What, you always start at the bottom and work your way to number one. Okay, just just checking with you. <laughs> uh, this is a... I don't, uh, I don't know if we want to surprise Let's go random. Like, here's number 13, oh, God, you know followed that, by number 23. That'd be sweet, but Lord, I would confuse myself so easily. Um, sure. I'm wondering, now I'm just out of curiosity, I wonder if this is units sold in the UK or worldwide. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know what, who cares? We're just going to run through this list anyway, so. <laughs> well, we're going to run, yes. Well, you start running through it while I research that. I have a feeling it's going to be, um, overall. I, I assume so, too. From the looks of this, yeah, there can't be yeah. that many units of number one sold in just the UK. And we'll get into that in right. a little bit. So, uh, All right, so let's start our way at the bottom. And here we go. So, uh, number 25 on this list. And again, this is this really is kind of units sold, not maybe necessarily quality of the game. Because sometimes the game may sell a lot of units, but then people realize how good or bad it is. But I think I don't think there's any duds on this list. Um, number 25, Millipede, which came out in 1982, 
and uh, sold 9,990 units. Yeah. And, you know, and that sounds like a small number to a lot of, you know, I mean, it may sound like a small number to a lot mm-hmm. of people like today because, you know, um, video games like, uh, you know, Call of Duty Black Ops and things like that will sell like millions of copies and whatnot. I'm like, but, you know, arcade games in the 80s, I mean, these big cabinets were super expensive to buy. Yeah. So, you know, selling almost 10,000 units of anything was considered, you know, uh, a big success. Oh, and by the way, I I can confirm that these numbers are not just for the UK. These are the the overall best-selling arcade cabinets. And Millipede, by the way, I really enjoyed, even though it was just, I don't know, like, to me it felt like it was either a sequel to or a prequel Mm -hmm. to Centipede. Uh, I would Uh, say it's a, isn't a Millipede bigger than a Centipede? I think so. Yeah, so I would say it's a sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel. Almost, almost like that. What was the name of that movie? The uh, the centipede movie. The human centipede. The horror movie. The human oh, centipede. Oh god, the first one is fantastic. Oh, I it was so terrible. I haven't seen the other uh, two, but the first one's great. Yeah. See now, with the, you know, they should have just called the sequel the human millipede because <laughs> the thing just kept getting longer. Well, no, that's true because the sequel of it had like twenty people, and then the third one had like five hundred people. Yes, how they found five hundred actors who were willing to do that or just i'm sure it wasn't even actors just 500 people no there was some quote-unquote big names i think vin rames may have been in the third one. Oh, jeez i think i don't know was, he in, the, was. was he in the centipede he may have been i oh, think I, I... <laughs> uh so yeah so number 25 millipede how did we compare millipede to the human centipede <laughs> oh that that's that's all on. That's all on me. I take oh, full credit for that. I am going to go watch. Thank that. you. Thank and, you very much. And I own that movie. All right, I'm going to go check that out. So, uh, number twenty four, Space Duel. This came out in 1982. Sold twelve thousand thirty eight units. Now that game, I don't remember. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember that one as much either. Um, Definitely not. So yeah. So yeah. Okay, number 23, Super Cobra. Ooh, let me try that again. Super Cobra, 1981, sold 12,337 units. This game I remember. Uh, I've only yeah, seen it, it once. Was, um, wasn't it uh, a shooter? I believe- or, no, 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 it wasn't a shooter. It was like a side-scrolling uh, chopper game. Yes, not to be confused sometimes because when you see Super Cobra, you kind of, like my, for a split second, went to Super C, but that game came out way later. But uh, Super Cobra, I think the only place I saw Super Cobra, this is going to get a little local, folks, I apologize, not Buddies, but there was an arcade that was like literally around the corner Next from to me. Buddies. No, no, around the corner from me, where I grew up. Oh. Yeah, there was, there was, it was there for maybe two years. Um, it looked like an apartment house, like a house, but it was an arcade, uh, had a pool table in there. Uh, this is going back to... Had to have been the early '90s. Um, it really didn't have a name for it, but that was probably the only place I saw Super Cobra. Okay, I I don't remember seeing Super Cobra anywhere. <laughs> Number twenty-two, Star Wars, nineteen eighty-three, twelve thousand six hundred ninety-five units sold. Yeah, see, now Star Wars was uh, that was like a, 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 uh, for the time that game was awesome because. Oh. I mean, granted, you were only looking at friggin' lines. Vector you know, graphics, yeah. Yeah, to give you that uh, that semblance of, like, a first-person shooter. But, but uh, man, was that fun. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, you got you to gotta put your mindset back in 1983. Those type of graphics, I mean, 
were were awesome to see for the first time because you really got to like you got the feel of of running down the trenches on the Death Star, you know, getting ready to shoot the missiles into the into the uh, pod bay door or whatever it is. So uh, you know that that game, oh. you know, it was funny because I was playing it at into the, the hole. Yeah, yeah, it's only you know size of a womp rat. Um, that game, maybe not that exact version, but like that vector graphic Star Wars was is at the Cradle of Aviation, you know, when we were there for the expo. I'll say it oh, still yeah, holds up today. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, I mean, you know, I mean, you can give credit to the Star Wars franchise for that too. Right. You know, I mean, granted, not only was the game great, but the fact that you know it was also uh, a licensed game mm-hmm. um, made it equally, True. you know, popular. Number 21, Stargate, 1983, 15,000 units sold. Nice, even 15,000. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Now, Stargate was an interesting, um, it was a side-scrolling uh, shooter. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, because space games were big. Oh, yeah. You know, any any arcade game that was about, you know, flying through space was just uh, was just instantly going to eat up your quarters. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, Stargate was one of those. Kind of reminded me of um, Defender. It does. It does have a defender feel. You're right. You're exactly right. Uh, So number 19. No, excuse me. Number 20 is a game I've played. Battlezone, 1980. uh, 15,122 units. Battlezone. That was because that was a first person uh, tank. I don't want to call it a tank shooter. But I guess you want to call it a combat game. Another one that uses vector graphics. So, you know, that was that was it back then. And Atari really took advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, Atari definitely took advantage of it. And uh, what I always find fun fun is when you go back and look at the games now. I mean, it looks like a geometry quiz. Yeah, it really does. Because uh, <laughs> you're just seeing you're seeing like triangles and pyramids and just you know just sta- like really really simple shapes. Um, and that's all it took you know. for us. Well, yeah, that's all it took for us, and you know that and the power of our imagination. Um, <laughs> and that the uh, cool yes. thing about the the other interesting thing about Battlezone, if you remember, it had a really that that small screen that you looked into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was really small. It wasn't like you know, because you know, I mean, not that all the screens were huge, but you know, a regular arcade cabinet had you know, like a standard like you know, tube television it, kind of size thing. It, it made you feel like you were driving a tank. It had like a periscope feel to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, um, kudos for uh, you know, kudos for trying to make it feel as realistic as possible. Oh, absolutely. Number so you got to the geometry. <laughs> number 19 breaking out the old protractors number 19 scramble 1981 15,136 units mm, not sure scramble came out uh it came out on a few um a few later on especially konami uh compilations because oh yeah that out. was another space yeah right a lot of space a lot of this is gonna be space because yep. that's really what it was back in the 80s it was all about space i don't know why we had well, you know, the, the sci-fi boom in the 70s, again, thanks to Star Wars, made everybody want to be in space. And it is the final frontier. Oh, Num- number 18, Berserk. We've talked about this one before. 1980, 15,780 units. So, Oh, yeah. Berserk was awesome. I mean, I, you know, I played that game on the Atari ad nauseum. Yep. Forget about the, 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 um, the arcade. But I, I remember playing the arcade not too long ago. Wait, was it at the Cradle of Aviation? Hmm. It may have been. If it wasn't, I remember bumping into it somewhere. It must have been there. But um, what I used to love about the the one at uh, uh, in the arcade, as opposed to the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, the Twenty Six Hundred could not hold um, 
audio files mm-hmm. and they were actually there was actually there were actually some lines that were spoken in the arcade version oh, and wow. um we did a retro spotlight on this a yeah, long early, time ago. Early one, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was an early retro spotlight, and um, yeah, I just remember playing that, uh, playing that, and you know, hearing the, hearing the audio lines on the uh, arcade, and it was awesome. But loved that game, love that game. You know, I was gonna say, you know, as we go up in the list. You know, admittedly, look, you know, we, we may become not... more familiar. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because we may not know every game out there, but we're going to know these as we start going up more and more. Uh, and this one, this next one uh, is a doozy. And somehow I've never owned it on a home console. Number 17. Dra- really? Yeah. Dragon's Lair, 1983, 16,000 units sold. I can't believe you've never owned it. I never even owned it on a DVD. Remember, like, it actually was a DVD game. Because there's really yes. no, you just have to hit the button at the right time. So they didn't sell it. Well, I mean, they did sell it on consoles, but you were able to buy just a straight up DVD and put it in any DVD player and, and play the game. Same with Space Ace. Oh yeah, that's right. And the third um, one was there a third one? Um, yeah, I can't remember that. Yeah, I feel like it was a sequel yeah. to one of them. But, yeah, uh, but I do remember for Dragon's Lair, like. I only owned one version of it, and it, and I still own that one version. I just bought it again recently, <clears throat> and it was Sega CD. Yeah, no, that, I think that's which. By the way, Sega CD, Sega CD, Sega CD was notorious for games that just involved you pressing a button at the right time to continue. Oh, the absolutely. Story moving forward. I had the one with the race car. What the hell was that called? Race. race? It was like an anime. Uh, Sega uh, CD. Yeah, it'll come back to me later. I do not know. But anyway, but Dragon's Lair got its start in the arcade. And I remember, I mean, the the appeal to the game itself was the fact that it looked like you were watching a cartoon on television. And that's what was so cool about it because, you know, arcade games back then, I mean, the graphics were really simplistic. So to see something that was in full rich color like Dragon's Lair, it Mm -hmm. was just – it drew your eye immediately, even if like, you know, the controls were simplistic in terms of press the button at the right time and whatnot. It didn't matter because you just wanted to play – because of how cool it looked. Absolutely. And it, it was, I mean, the game essentially, I and I think even the arcade, I mean, I'll be, will be corrected if we're wrong, but I think even the arcade game ran on a Laserdisc. Oh, well, that would make sense. I think. I, I feel like it wasn't necessarily a board. Mm. Well, like, we must, we'll have to do a retro spotlight on that one. Yeah, because I don't think they would have gotten, would, I don't think they would have gotten really uh, the graphics like that, but... Uh, number 15. This is a game that I've gone on record saying I was not crazy about. Uh, Missile Command, 1980, 20,000 units sold. I skipped hey, over one. Over. I sure did. We'll get to that in a moment because we're talking about Missile Command right now. <laughs> All right. Well, Missile Command was another one of those games where, um, again, this was, um, this was a highlight of my Atari years. <laughs> um, uh, and more so because I remember having to fight my dad for the controller um, because he, he loved missile command also. Um, but I just, I mean, it was just, it was a very simple concept. It was, it was like, keep your city safe from, you know, like an alien invasion. Yeah. Um, I mean, great concept, uh, you know, considering the, the graphics for the time. I mean, it was super fun. Uh, I remember in the arcade, if I remember correctly, like it had the ball, it didn't have a joystick. It had the ball yes. that you moved around. Yes. With the controller. Yeah. Um, and that made it to me. That made it a little more complicated. Oh, absolutely. You know, on, on the Atari, the joystick was a lot easier. But still, um, really awesome game. 
Uh, we're going to backtrack a little bit. Uh, this is me jumping around. So, number 16. By mistake, of course. Of course. No, I make no mistakes. Number 16, Jungle Hunt. 1982, 18,000 units sold. Uh, Jungle Hunt. Jungle Hunt, excuse me. Uh, pretty much, if you will, a uh, uh, kind of like a Tarzan ripoff, if you will. So it gets it get close. It's borderline Tarzan, uh, but it was a fun one. I think I've only played that game maybe once. I forgot where I saw it uh, a long time ago. Oh, I played that game like a million. Times. Oh, have you? I mean, and it, I wouldn't have called it a Tarzan ripoff because you weren't um, you were trying to save the girl from the. But you know, like you swing vine to vine. That's what it kind of meant. By yes. that. Yeah. You swing vine to vine. You avoid the crocodiles in the moat, um, and Sounds then like you Pitfall. have to avoid. Yeah, and then you have to avoid the, um, uh, the, 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 I don't know what to say, the, the tribesmen. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, you know, by, like, he would jump on the screen and you would have to walk underneath him at the right time just so you can save the girl. <laughs> Num- yeah, I played, the, I played that game a lot. And then really? there was a, the swimming board. Was it a swimming board, too? I believe there was a swimming board, too, where you killed the crocodiles. <laughs> um, but, but no, really fun game. Um, I have it on the Atari sealed, actually. Really? Yep. Sweet. Number 14. Ah, Popeye, 1982, 20,000 units sold. Ah, uh, Popeye. Love that game. We've uh, talked about it before. It was released on the NES, one of the original black box NES yep. games. And we were, you know, and what's funny is that. That Popeye game actually turned out to be a really fun game. Oh, absolutely. A very, succe- a very successful game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that game almost wouldn't have, you know, almost didn't exist because Popeye was originally supposed to be the Donkey Kong game. Yeah, which is wild when you think about it. And we've talked yes. about it before. It still, you know, it still kind of blows my mind that Donkey Kong was supposed to be Popeye. Yeah, exactly, and um, and still, even though it wound up, you know, not happening, Popeye still wound up with a pretty kick-ass game. Oh, absolutely. Number thirteen, one of Frank's, our buddy Frank's favorite, my uh, co-host there on the Better Half, Outrun, nineteen eighty-six, twenty thousand units sold. I'm actually amazed that this game is that old. I, I you know, when I look at it, and I'm like, I, I thought it was newer than that. <laughs> uh, it but, feels uh, newer. Yeah. Yeah, it feels newer because, you know, in the arcade, it looked, you know, mm-hmm. it looked like it was, uh, oh, at least back then, it was, looked like it was, you know, state-of-the-art type of stuff, which it was. But just the racing overall, it was just it was just super fun. Um, I don't remember it getting ported. Did it? I don't know if it ever got ported to a console. Uh, yeah, uh, Genesis. Oh, did it wind up on Genesis? Yeah. Yeah, because this was like, um, this was like Rad Racer, like, you know, to the next level. Oh, absolutely. Because Rad Racer was the NES game I remember playing all the time. Absolutely. Uh, it was funny, too, and I just, I'm trying to find it. I'm not going to find it in time. Um, someone, it's online, someone converted, like, an old driving toy into, like, a workable OutRun game. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, especially because I think the original game, the original toy, didn't really have any electronics to it. <laughs> yeah, you do some research. Number 12, Pole Position, 1982, 21,000 units sold. Yeah, now Pole Position was the arcade, uh, was the uh, racing game I remember playing a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that that game, like, I felt like that game was everywhere. Like, every pizzeria I went to, every, um, just anybody who carried, uh, anybody who carried, you know, 
This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. Why do millions of Americans choose to sleep on Bolin Branch sheets? Is it the 100% organic cotton? Is it that they get softer and softer over time? Customers can't stop raving about these sheets, and there's no better time to try them for yourself or give them to someone you love. Right now, Bolin Branch is offering their best deals of the year, and you can get their incredibly soft sheets at incredibly low prices. Just go to bowlandbranch.com to shop their best deals today. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com today. See site for details. Arcade. <laughs> and, it, and it has just, to me, Pole Position is like the first game I remember having, um, like, voice in it. Like, having, yeah. like, speech. And it was just that grainy, you know, prepare to qualify. Like, that very, very grainy voice to it which i just i find funny every uh, time i hear it yeah so. but now the question is did you did you always qualify uh yes most of the time okay just checking <laughs> i never had a problem qualifying it was just the race after that yeah no the race is a hump number 11 the sadistic dig dug 1982 22,228 units so ah what what was sadistic about dig dug you shoved a a hose into the enemy and fill him up with air until he explodes. <laughs> yeah, but they're enemies. <laughs> Dropping the rock is more humane. What's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, nah, I, well, I, you could drop the rock on them or you can make them fall. There are a lot of other options, but come on. I mean, there's nothing There's nothing more fun than like inflating <laughs> your enemies until they burst. Number 10, which kind of, this one kind of shocks me because I feel like this is the sequel as opposed to the original one. Uh, Asteroids Deluxe, 1981, 22,399 hardware units sold. I feel like that should be just the old school Asteroids. I'm kind of wondering if that is the old school Asteroids combined with that. I I think what just makes it Deluxe is there was a printed background. Well, no, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think um, I think uh, the original Asteroids came out in the 70s. So it oh, that's honest. true. That's true. You're right. Good call. So, uh, yeah, the fact that... Yeah, especially because it yeah. says, um, please also note that the list is strictly restricted to games released in the 80s, thus excluding bestsellers such as Asteroids. <laughs> there you go. So that solves that problem. Exactly. So, but the fact that you know it shows you that Asteroids was so popular that when they came out with the deluxe game, I mean, it it made the top list also, even though it was just the f- adding some graphics the, to the background. The physics it still drives me crazy how in 1979 they were able to get the physics of that game down to where it was. I mean that that game is truly for every action. There's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, and that's what made that game such a hump, and Absolutely. it was one of the. Yeah, it was one of the uh, toughest games I ever played and oh, yeah. one of the most fun games I ever played. Number nine, Robotron. Robotron, 2084. Uh, 1982, uh, 23,000 units sold. That game, that game was fun. Yeah, that, that game was, was hard, game but it was uh, fun. Remember Robotron that 64? Game, I was just going to say, that game was fun, but what? The the one that came out on the N64? 
Yeah, I was going to say, they came out with one on the N64 eventually. They sure did. Man, I remember that game, uh, that game used to frustrate me too much. Like, I, I remember I didn't play it that much because it drove me crazy. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's nutty. Number eight. Ah, here's a classic. Qbert, 1982, 25,000 units sold. All right. I, I want to go on record and say that I, I believe Qbert was the first video game character to ever curse in his game. <laughs> sure did. I don't blame yeah. him. He has a foul mouth on him, and he should. Stupid yeah, exactly. Snake. I mean, if I, if, I, if I was getting hit by a coil snake or... Or one of those ugly ball things. Or that green goblin. Or that green thing. Yeah, I'd be pissed off too. (laughs) Uh, Working off vector graphics, and this one probably did it almost the best. Uh, Tempest, 1981, 29,000 units sold. Uh, I think think you're absolutely correct. I think it did do it the best. Tempest was just... That 3D look to it. Not even... It's more of a depth 3D, not popping out at you. And, um, you know, just having to go around the board, which wasn't necessarily a circle or a square. Uh, it re- I mean, the, the, the difficulty level, difficulty factor, I should say, on that game was just exponential as the boards went, went on. Yeah, I mean, uh, ridiculously complicated game. But at the same time, I mean, it was like you wanted to be up for the challenge to play this game because Absolutely. it was just so. I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard. You know, yeah, like, it's so uh, it, because it, of that, because of that forced perspective, that three D perspective, it was yeah. just yeah, it was just a treat. Oh, absolutely. Uh, number seven, Donkey Kong Junior. One of my favorites. Nineteen eighty two, thirty thousand units. And as you said, uh, his so last video, he was. He his was last video game appearance was uh, Super Mario Kart. Yeah, we talked about that yeah. uh, during Retro Spotlight because um, uh, he got he, unfortunately Donkey Kong Junior. was replaced by uh, Diddy Kong. Hmm. Uh, after uh, Donkey Kong Country came out. So, uh, you know, poor, poor sad Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> has nowhere to go. I, I'd like to think he's hanging out with Stanley and Pauline in that trailer park. Stanley. Oh, my. We're going to talk about it so much the day he comes back out in a game. We're going to be so happy. I'm telling I want him to come out in, like, Super Smash Brothers with his friggin' atomizer. And he just, <laughs> like, shoots. <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> Number six, Mr. Do, 1982, 30,000 units. Now, Mr. Do, I don't remember playing. I remember playing it in the arcade, but I also I remember it more because I played it at my uncle's house when I was a kid because he had the Atari 7800. Okay. And he had Mr. Do. And that was the only game. Mr. Do and Dig Dumb were the only two games I played at his house. And they kind of almost kind of play the same. Kind of, uh, sort of. As far as the way the level is, how you move around the board. Yeah, the, yeah, but with Mr. Mr. Do, you were able to shoot the enemies. You didn't have to inflate them. True. No, absolutely. And then you went around and you collected like uh, you collected fruit and stuff. So, But just that kind of digging through the level that's, and dropping stuff on the, on the enemies. Yes, well, dropping stuff on them is always fun. <laughs> Number five, Centipede, nineteen eighty one, fifty five thousand nine hundred eighty eight units. Now that's an interesting, there's an interesting difference, right? If you look at this, uh, Millipede, which came in at number twenty five, sold just under ten thousand. So came before it, I think the year before it, right? We're talking, we're talking uh, right, eighty one, forty five thousand more units. Yeah, yep, because Centipede, yeah, Centipede defined. Um, you know that type of game. It was just so cool um, and so challenging too, because after like you know you, you would shoot the damn thing, 
And then it would leave – I always called them a mushroom, but it would leave a mushroom there so that the rest <laughs> of the centipede would get down to you faster. Yeah. Um, you know. And then if you got to the last level, I heard you the centipede was 500 pieces long. Really? That I never knew. Yeah. We're not, oh. Well, no, actually. I <laughs> got it. Just, it just dawned on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, I got you. <laughs> Number four, Defender, 1981, 60,000 units. Yeah, so Defender was another cool um, shooting game. Um, and I remember, like, the weird – I remember the weird thing about this game because when you shot the laser, like, it, it had, like, a – I don't know. It had, like, a trail to it when yes, you shot it. Yes, it did, yep. Uh, <clears throat> and it had a very prolonged sound when you shot it. <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like it, it was almost like, like you know, you, you heard it struggling to shoot <laughs> itself across the screen. Getting past the screen. Number, but I mean, 60, yeah, 60,000 units is no joke. I mean, and, that's pretty solid. Now, check this out, the jump between number four and number three. So number four, Defender, 60,000 units. Number three, my personal favorite game of all time, Ms. Pac-Man, 1981, 125,000 units sold. I had no idea that was your favorite game. I thought your favorite game was Mario's Tennis on the Virtual Boy. That's one of my favorite console games, which I played for all of 30 seconds <laughs> recently oh yeah oh that's right yeah i'm, I'm sorry miss <laughs> pac-man though but anyway getting back to miss pac-man 125,000 units yeah I'm, which is interesting because i think this may be the uh, one of the only games on the list or maybe the only game or maybe the only game on the list that was made in response to the success of the original pac-man um, and they actually went to a third party who was developing their own version of – they were developing the, basically their own knockoff of Pac-Man. Doing and a homebrew. Then, uh, yeah, basically. And then the um, company swooped in and you know, just like basically bought it, bought it from them so they could make <laughs> this Pac-Man. Also, probably more with cutscenes. Well, was that about the cutscenes? I said it's probably one of the games ever. Oh, that's true, to have a cutscene, yeah. Number two, Donkey Kong, 1981, 132,000 yeah, units. Exactly. So Donkey Don- Kong. Well, I mean, I mean what, yeah, what else can we say about Donkey Kong at this point? I mean, it, it's like one of the de facto <clears throat> games that, like, you know, I mean, it just it just defined what it meant to play a cool video game. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's just no way around. And, you know, and again, like we talked about it with Popeye before, like, to imagine this being a Popeye game would, <laughs> I mean, it just. It just, I can't because talk about changing history. Like, Popeye, if this pop game was based on Popeye, how big would Popeye the character be in this in our country or our world today? That's true, right? Because Donkey Kong was created just for this game, mm-hmm. and he's become synonymous around the world. So, I mean, and you know, spin-offs that shame on the owners. Yeah, Right, shame on the owners of Popeye. They 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 missed out on that. Not that Popeye <laughs> isn't you know world renowned, um, but just think about how much bigger he could have been. Oh, Instead, yeah. we got a giant monkey that we all love. There you and go. We got and then we got our plumber. Well, jump man. He may or may not be a pro- plumber anymore. So, yeah, I read that. That's not true. They're lying. <laughs> and number one, the number one selling arcade in the nineteen eighties. Kind of goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Pac-Man, 1980, 400,000 units sold. 
you know, we said it with Donkey Kong. I'm going to say it with Pac-Man. What could you say about Pac-Man that has not been said yet? Well, the other cool thing to note about that also is that, I mean, you're um, this is a game for the this list itself is like the top 25 um, arcade sellers of the 80s. And the number one game is the one that came out in 1980, not 86, <laughs> not 89, not 83, 84, 1980. Um, a game known for just its, you know, its simplicity in terms of the visuals, but it was, I mean, it had everything going for it because it was, it was fun, it was fast, it was challenging, oh, and it was colorful. Yes. I mean, just all of those things put together um, into, yeah, I mean, you can almost argue that Pac-Man may have been, like, the perfect game. It, it may have very well been. And it's funny, too, because it's only one board. Yeah. It's only, yeah, it's just one board, right? That's it. At the end of the day. Yeah, that's it. No, it's not one board. No, no, no. I meant it's one level design. No, I th- no only, they have multiple levels. No, they, Pac-Man, no, they don't. It's one level design. It's the same level design over and over again. No, I could have sworn there were other, there were other levels when you got to a certain that's thing. That's Ms. Pac-Man. When you get to, like, the pear? No, it's the same level. Or the pretzel? Nope. No. I must be thinking of Ms. Pac-Man. I'm so <laughs> confused. I, I play more. I play Ms. Pac-Man more than I oh, do Oh, me regular. too. Me too. I can't. Yeah, I just. So, but still, I mean, just that. Yeah, I mean, Pac-Man just, again, I mean, uh, like I said, possibly the perfect game. Uh, that's, you know what? I will agree with you on that. And with that, that was, you know. The 25 best-selling arcade games of the 1980s. Let us, let us know what you think. What are some of your favorite arcade games of the 80s? Check us out, facebook.com slash retrogamerspodcast. Post right on the page. Let us hear from you. And um, we'll see if we agree with you or not. We probably will, though. I won't. Uh, figures. All right. And you mentioned earlier you uh, you did some filming over the weekend, huh? I did. I um. I filmed a uh, a short horror movie okay. in my home. <laughs> um, on the cheap, very nice. Uh, oh, yep, yeah, definitely on the cheap. Um, I I only got paid, you know, so much for uh, <laughs> owning my place out. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it was really really cool. Had a great time. Um, it was a two day shoot, um, and I thought everything looked really cool. Um. There was a uh, at one point there was a fog machine going in really? my kitchen. <laughs> yep, in my kitchen leading to the back, you know, to outside in my backyard. Um, and my uh, I, and here's something um, you may not know, but apparently the fog from a fog machine can cause your smoke alarm to go off. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so, Oops. Yep. So as the fog was uh, enveloping my kitchen, my my smoke alarm went nuts. <laughs> so I had to. Uh, I had to unhook the smoke alarm so we could finish shooting. Oh, I sure hope you hooked it back up. Yeah, but uh, overall, it was a fun shoot. It was an exhausting shoot. Um, and uh, now comes the fun uh, – actually, the part that I enjoy more. Um, as much as like, – I do like being on set and watching something getting filmed, but mm-hmm. I have more fun uh, in post-production when I get to do the editing. Okay. Uh, because then you actually get to – you know, you get to sit down and – you know, put all the pieces together to make mm-hmm. the best possible, you know, film. Okay. And uh, cool. I'm really hoping that by the time it's done, I get to scare the crap out of a bunch of people. Uh, we'll hope so. Hope so. It's, it's yep. the, we get into that time of, of scary movies. You know, it just came out and is rocking the box office. Let me ask you this. And an excellent movie. I, uh, yeah, uh, it blew me. It really blew me away. What? 
I was going to say, well, first of all, that's, yeah, that's, you've been waiting for that movie for a while, so that's, that's cool. And, um, you think you'll ever make a video game of your short horror movie? Uh, um, this one, probably not. Although, you know, the concept would make for a good video game. Not gonna lie. <laughs> so we're will... not sharing the concept because I don't want Hollywood to steal it from me. <laughs> so wait for, with bated breath, people. See what that one's all about from Anthony. That's right. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, there have been a lot of, well, fortunately and unfortunately, I should say, there have been a plethora of video games that have come out based on movies and TV shows. Some good, most of them not so good. Oh. So. Well, that's always going to be the case. Yeah, but the, the, the overabundance of terrible games based on movies and TV shows just completely outweighs the good ones. Uh, but, you well, know, I mean. Yeah, it, it it always comes down to though you know um, you know studios trying to capitalize on the show while it's still hot, so they make the games really fast. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, the the one that comes to mind as far as make a game being made so fast is it was on the PlayStation. It was Austin Powers. It was Austin Powers Pinball. So all it was was just a pinball game, which I think was actually used and just like the. The graphic overlay was just changed for other games. It was like Patriotic Pinball and some other pinballs. And this game was maybe, I thought maybe it was 10 bucks. It may have been even cheaper than that, brand new, when it came out. And it's just terrible. But it's, like you said, it's Hollywood just jumping on real quick to get a game out there. Well, I'm surprised that that was the one that you brought up. Because I thought the one you were going to bring up in terms of the rush job. Um, to get it out in market was the most infamous game of all time, E.T. Well, that's that's the easy go to. See, I like I like the listeners. I like to keep them on their toes. Not no, so much. <laughs> no, 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 not really. We we can just we you, uh, you can cut the crap. Uh, <laughs> E.T. You're right. E.T. is the is you know, the definition I mean, of rushing a game. Yeah, I mean, uh, what did the guy only have like five weeks to make it? If I remember correctly, just about maybe like a month and a half. Yeah, he had about five or six weeks to make that game, which is why it was one of the worst games ever created. And But there have been a lot of games that had time in development that just weren't good. And, you know, it's funny. Like, I wish I was able to go back and be in these production meetings to see why they came up with, with the stories they did for these games. Home Improvement had a Super Nintendo game. The premise was, it was like, what was it, Tim Taylor? Like, he was on the set yep, of Tool Time. And, but he ended up going on to other TV show sets. And for some reason they were like, the sets were attacking him. Like the, the one I remember mostly is the dinosaur level in a home improvement game. Yeah, no, I mean, it just, yeah, it defied logic. I mean, <laughs> I get it. I get it. You're trying to make a game based off of something and it's cool. But like, first off, home improvements, a sitcom. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, it, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a nighttime sitcom. I mean, I I want to be in the meeting with the person who thought that it was a good idea to make the game to begin with. It's like, you know, I, can you imagine being in the company and being like, all right, boss, look, I've got I've got a great idea. We need to license the rights to home improvement <laughs> before someone else takes them. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it just makes absolutely no sense. And um, uh, this one, uh, there was one that just popped out because I'm. Like I'm flipping through like lists and stuff like that, mm -hmm. just to kind of jog my memory. Um, 
And it was on the uh, PlayStation 2. Okay. Uh, um, based off of an actual movie. So, like, right there, right there, you, you know at least has a chance to be decent. Okay. But um, Charlie's Angels, the video game. Oof. Yeah, that was a tough one. That one was awful. Game like, the Cube. camera oh, system. PS2, yeah. Yeah, P- PS2, GameCube. I mean, the camera system sucked. The graphics were bad. The controls wouldn't respond when you played it. <laughs> the... It, the, the, I mean, it looked like an incomplete game. I mean, it, it was actually it's actually listed on lists of like as like one of the worst games ever made. Um, I mean, just like I'm even looking at like review scores for it, like one out of ten, Oof. two out of ten, one point nine out of ten. I mean, the highest it ranked is four, and I want to know what what IGN was smoking when they <laughs> gave it a four. They were being kind. What about? I mean, you want to talk about a game that yeah, looks. That was- like you want to talk about a game that looks incomplete what about that first south park game on n64 the one with the snowball yeah, that, you know the snowball fight yeah that one well i don't know if it was necessarily incomplete as no, much no. as it i'm saying it looked incomplete it looked incomplete but like they decided i don't know why they decided that the best way to go with a south park game the first south park game ever made was a basically a first person shooter i mean i think they basically i think i i, I don't know if they just took the um the uh, the golden eye um, mm-hmm. system and just turned it into South Park and completely warded it down because golden eye is one of you want to talk about one of the best licensed games based on a movie or a television show you have to say golden eye on n64 I think you have to say Batman on NES Batman on NES was fantastic um, I mean and and unfortunately that list is a very short list. Of what the great absolute ones? amazing licensed games. Hmm. Now you can you can lump in in like all together Disney. Disney was really good. Aladdin on Genesis. Aladdin and, Li- Aladdin and Lion King. Lion were two King. Of my favorite. Yeah, two of my favorite sixteen bit games. Exactly. Those. I mean, Tarzan was really good as well. Um, I. On that, well, that was more on play. PlayStation. Really picked it up for Disney. I, I'll admit, Toy Story Two, Buzz yep. Lightyear. Um, did I have a Bug's Life? I don't remember if I had a Bug's Life. But Toy Story, the Toy Story games were really awesome. Uh, you... I'm trying to think of other good ones. Like I remember, oh, um, the Godfather game. Um, oh, hey, it came out a little on too. Xbox. Yeah, yeah, because that one kind of followed a little bit of like the. It was like the Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly like um and that was like after a sequel. Auto 3 came out that was really good no but i'm oh, no it wasn't like that it was more a story mode right well yeah i mean i think it was more more like hitman maybe like mm-hmm. it really wasn't much with the drive i mean you i think you can drive in but the i game. thought it was i thought it was a fun game oh no it was it was certainly insane because it, it it didn't you weren't playing the movies you were just playing a new story based in that universe right um, and it was fun I, I don't know. Did the Warriors play like that? Or I think the Warriors was kind of like you were playing the movie. That I can't remember with the Warriors. It's been a long time since I played that one. Do no, pro- the Warriors, I think you were going through. You were going through the game? I was like, I had that game. I had that game on the Xbox. And like you were going through the game? I mean, you were going through the movie? Uh, the or... Warriors. No, I know. But I'm saying, were you going through the movie? Or were you going, was it like a, a different story? 
No, no, no. It felt, if I remember correctly, it felt like it was the movie. Okay, all right. Let me ask you this: If for a licensed video game like that, based on a movie or TV show, do you want to play the movie, or do you want to play kind of like a different story in that movie's universe? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, and this is this is you know obviously just me. Yeah. Um, I am in my opinion. Yeah. I kind of I kind of like the idea of going through the movie. Now, granted, that means you already know the story, mm-hmm. but it, to me, it just gives it. It makes me feel like I'm reliving something that I've enjoyed so much. You know what I mean? Like, do I think a sequel to it? Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Is perfectly fine, even if there's no sequel to the um, film. Kind of like Goonies Two. Yeah, yeah kind of like Goonies Two on uh, NES. Um, but you know, ideally, it would be nice to get the original Goonies game in the U.S. So we oh, could play Goonies Two and feel, you know, like we've gotten both, but we did not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like exactly, like like I remember playing through Goonies Two, and I had a blast mm-hmm. playing through that. And you know, even though it wasn't related to the movie at all, mm-hmm. um, so I mean. You know, but again, I mean, I would have loved to have gotten my hands on Goonies one, which, you know, for the most part was related to the True. film. Um, but yeah, I, I prefer it to be, um, I prefer it to be the the film first and then go from there. Okay. Uh, what about you? I, I see. The reason why I go and see the movie is to see the movie. Um, almost to your point is why I'd rather play like a separate side story. I already know the yep. movie. I already know what happens. So it'd be cool to get like either a side story or like a, a pseudo sequel or something along those lines. That's what I would prefer. Well, that's fair. You're wrong. <laughs> and, uh, but then you got like back to the future. I mean, back to the future. Uh. That's a tough one because that's not even really, it's in the universe, but like, you know, what part of the movie well, is Marty running through the streets with a bowling ball or running into plate glass windows or, or serving up soft drinks, almost like root beer tapper. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, he has to, um, you have to, you have to give your character some obstacles. Now, granted bees flying through the screen and whatnot, or hula hoop girls, not exactly, not exactly the smartest <laughs> things to put down as obstacles, but, um, the rest of the game, um, the rest of the game, though, like they tried, they, they kind of related it to the movie because you were in, right? You were in the cafe where 
um, Marty gets, you know, gets in a fight with Biff. Mm-hmm. So they, they tried to make, you know, that, you know, Ru- you know, the Rubier Tapper kind of thing. So at least it connected in a way. True. Um, and then, you know, they had they had a challenge at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there was the actual DeLorean. But here's when... the thing with that part. Hold on. The last stage is in the DeLorean. Now, in the movie, he has to time it where the lightning sends him back in time. Where in this game, you were actually avoiding the lightning strikes. Well, you were avoiding the lightning strikes because you weren't up to 88 miles an hour yet. The goal was to get to the 88 miles an hour at the right time. And you had had lightning bolts trying to strike you early. And then you had had, uh, like obstacles on the road. So you had to move out of the way so you wouldn't slow down. Fair enough. I'll give um, you that one. I'll give you that one. But I mean, but at the end of the day, that game was still kind of awful to play through. <laughs> um, how about some animated games, like games based on animated shows? Oh uh, well, I mean, to me, there's uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin. Yes, probably in my opinion, IMO, uh, one of, if not the best game based on an animated show. I loved not only the TV show, which is freaking twenty five years old. But the game played so smoothly. I had it on, I think I had it on Super Nintendo. It was for Super Nintendo and Genesis. It was a weird version on Sega CD, which which did not play like the other two. But the Super Nintendo version was just awesome. Oh, God, I love that game. Yeah, I had it on the Super Nintendo as well, and I absolutely loved it. I mean, I specifically remember the challenge, the, the Riddler's board, which was basically going through a maze. Yeah. That was the first one. Remember having to solve the puzzle, which ended up being Minotaur, the Riddler stage. Oh yes, Um, yes. I mean that was just that was just a great, great level. But overall, like the Joker's level, all the levels in that game were just awesome. Yep. Um, And I um, that game to this day, like I'll still go back and play. um, Oh yeah. Just just had yeah, it just has a great replay value, and like you said, um, uh, happy twenty fifth anniversary. Batman the Animated Series. Thank you. We're Actually, old. you know, it's funny. I just got in the mail yesterday. I'll show you real quick through here, through Skype. Uh, speaking of the Batman the Animated Series from probably one of the best animated oh, movies. Very nice. That is a pop vinyl of Phantasm from Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Probably my second favorite animated movie of all time. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that I think it's coming out. They're re-releasing it on Blu-ray. I really need to see that movie. Yeah, um, yeah I, that's my second right. favorite After animated second second favorite animated movie behind Transformers. So, ah, uh, Transformers. Um, but uh, well, well, we were talking about animated series that made it into games. The other one that I remember very fondly that I still like to play is the uh, Animaniacs game yes. on Genesis. Is that the one or that you Super picked Nintendo. up at the at the expo? Yes. Pick- I okay. Up Genesis. I don't think I've yes, ever played it on Genesis. Uh it, it was the same game. I don't oh, think okay. they, they didn't. I don't think they changed it very much. Okay. But I do remember really loving, um, loving that game. Um, there's because that show was just so wacky and <laughs> off. Um, it it appeal. It basically appealed to all ages. Didn't matter how old you were. That that show was just entertaining to watch. You know, it's funny. The guy who plays Wacko, who sang the song with all the countries, that was Yakko. Okay, so the guy who voices Yakko, like all of a sudden, is back in the limelight. 
Like he's been, he's like doing these tours. He's going around town. They may be bringing back Animaniacs. I'm not 100 percent sure. On oh no, the show, the, the show's coming back. Oh, okay, so that's why he's walking around. All right, cool. Because he's been singing that song everywhere yes, he goes. That's why the country song. Oh yeah, and, and that's why because they're uh, yeah they're they're probably starting to promote it now that uh, it's coming back. Now you want to talk about maybe the antithesis and 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 and. Antithesis of yeah, you said it, you said it right. Did I? Because I didn't feel like it. Uh, uh, Vanamaniacs, uh, Beavis and Butthead. Oh yeah, Beavis and Butthead. Um, you know, I remember playing the game, uh, their game on the and the PC game was. I like, remember, I remember the specifically PC the PC game. game. Like, I remember you. Yeah, the PC that? game yeah. was very. Yeah, the PC game was like a almost like a point and click adventure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you were walking the characters through things. And then they had challenges to make like at the, at the burger place where they go to where they worked. And, um, I remember, um, hawking loogies off the top of the school yes. at the principal who was down. <laughs> so I remember playing all the way through that game. And then like at the end, I remember like they, they, they tried hooking up with a prostitute. Like it was just, <laughs> you know, yep. it's very Beavis and Butthead. Well, hence um, the name, man. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know why, but like game was just fun. <laughs> uh, another great game based on animated series, uh, which unfortunately had a terrible sequel. But GI Joe on the NES, that game I can yep, the first one. Yes. Yeah, York. that's right now the game I want to pick. Now that I have that Retron, that's the next cartridge I really want to get my hands on. Is GI Joe? Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if it's a rare one or not. I, you know, I I have it. I, I don't think it's rare, but it's not expensive, but it's not cheap. I think it goes for like fifteen or twenty bucks. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. No, no, not bad at all. Totally worth it for that game. Yeah. The sequel should no, be about which makes me happy that I still makes me happy that I already had it. <laughs> um, and then there's a lot, and then you get like these games of of TV shows and movies that just kind of almost doesn't make sense, or like that it comes out so far after the movie. Like, Dirty Harry has a game. Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I can see the concept behind it, but still to make it into a game is weird. The Hunt for Red October. Like, how many kids are going out to seeing the movie Hunt for Red October now wanting to go back and play the game? Yeah. I, well, again, it's one of those things where it's like they don't... It's. Stop, I, I like, just find it interesting. Like, one This is going to be the next week. Yeah, well, you know, and sometimes sometimes it's a random thing that happens that winds up making the game really popular and you don't realize it. So that's why, like, they'll take chances on it. I mean, um, uh, one of my uh, – one, one game that, that I really love that – I mean, who knew whether or not it was going to be a, a good, successful game was um, the Die Hard Trilogy game on PlayStation. Yes. Now, I mean, at that point, Die Hard – what let's see die hard was you know in the die hard one and two were both in the 80s mm-hmm. uh, but this game came out in the mid 90s and i believe die hard was 90 i want to say uh yeah i want to say it was uh, like 93 I, so that's what i'm thinking too die hard because, 3, yeah. with a vengeance yeah so i'm thinking because of the success of die hard 3 somebody said hey you know what maybe a die hard game would sell and you know what i had a blast playing that game i really <laughs> really, really, really did um you know, um Depending on which uh, which movie you played, you know it was just a different challenge. Mm-hmm. 
um, like the you know the driving in um, the driving in uh, with the vengeance or going through Nakatomi Plaza in the first one. I mean, it was just really, really fun. <laughs> were you were uh, you all too familiar um, with, with the Nakatomi Plaza level? Was I all too familiar with what? The Nakatomi Plaza level. Oh well, no, I wasn't because I wasn't working here then. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, um, now I know. I now I know it inside and out. That <laughs> now that I've worked at uh, Nakatomi Plaza, yeah, another uh, another uh, television show um, that had a fun game on the Super Nintendo and not so fun game on the Sega. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh yes, we've talked about it before. Um, Power Rangers on Super Nintendo, fantastic. And you're right. You know, the Sega CD version was what we mentioned earlier. That kind of hit the button at the right time. Yeah, I mean, you were based, the Sega CD one was all you were doing were watching five episodes of the show. <laughs> and you just had to press things at the right time in order to basically finish watching the episode. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and then finally, I think one to kind of start to, to wrap. I mean, there's so many different games to talk about. And we're just... We're just talking, like, this is, like, really reminiscing. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about it, we've talked about it in the past, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Game was phenomenal on Xbox, both games. Um, X-Men Arcade, you know, just a great game. The uh, Home Alone series, we'll probably talk about come Christmas time. But the game I feel like we should really kind of end this one on is... Uh, how can I? I feel like it's a game based on a tremendous movie series, but just the game didn't do itself justice. Uh, Jaws. Oh, Jaws. I mean, there's so much potential of a Jaws game, but then again, when you start to play, because I just played it recently, when you start to play Jaws on NES, I'm talking about on the original Nintendo, I don't know. It's just something like it's a terrible game, but we've all played it for hours on end. And I have. My cousin's husband I mean, claims back then, back then when you're I'm sorry. Yeah. What okay. No, I was just saying Finish. my and I want to call him out on this. My cousin's husband claims that he's beaten Jaws at like the very beginning of the game. It's possible. It is uh, look, I it it's possible, but to try and beat Jaws as a level one without the screen changing on you? I'm calling this guy out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is he using a turbo controller? I don't think he is. He, well, then he, uh, he must have uh, terrible carpal tunnel. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jaws is one of the, and I'll tell you why. I mean, the whole, um, the whole reason why is like when you got these games as a kid to play them, because that's what, you know, your parents bought you. And it's not like there was a Funko land to return them to. Oh, not at the okay. time. Yeah, make some make some of that money back. The game you played it. That's why most of us played. Jaws. Yep, and not only was Jaws a you know Jaws a bad game. I mean, it was also based off of the worst Jaws movie in the franchise. That's true. Yeah, I keep forgetting about that yeah, part. Top. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, Jaws four, terrible movie. <laughs> and then like, but not only that, like fast forward twenty years later, and on the PS2 you got Jaws Unleashed. Yes, which I'm still waiting for a friend of ours to give me money for. Yes, if I remember correctly, he owes you some money. Huh? He sure does. 20 bucks, pal. It's the Greatest Hits version. Somehow that game was the Greatest Hits on the PS2. How was that a Greatest Hits I don't game? know, but it was in the red box. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. 
So, um, yeah, so again, we can keep going on and on. You know, I know some of you at home listening, you probably got some great television, you know, games based on TVs, uh, games based on movies. Post it up on the Facebook page. Post it up on the Instagram page at the underscore Retro Gamers. Hit us up on our website, theretrogamers.com. Let us know your thoughts on some great and some not so great video games based on movies and television. We'd love to hear what you have to say. We love your comments. All right. Do not adjust your sets or however you listen to this podcast uh, because I'm doing Retro Spotlight this week. I'm filing a protest. What are you talking about? Oh, God. Larry, I mean, Retro Spotlight's mine. Like, like I own it. Like I trademarked it. What? what? It's it, it's a, yeah. It's like my property. I thought we were in this so. together. No. <laughs> no, it's just, it, we're definitely not in this together. I mean, if you if you listen, uh, it, it, this is this is a uh, uh, this is just unfair, and I'm calling shenanigans. So what's mine um, is mine, and what's yours is mine too. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Repo Man. <laughs> and see, even that, even that, even that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I think we've got a problem here, and uh, we're going to have to solve this. All right. Well, if there's a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Okay. You know what? Look, all I'm saying is check out the hook while the DJ revolves it. All right? That's it. That's all I'm saying. All right. Now I'm questioning your right to live. Because <laughs> if, there, so... if there's a – no. You know what? I, I, you know, That's it. I, I'm, I'm signing off. I'm, goodbye. <laughs> like I haven't done a podcast solo before. How dare you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I bet those are as popular as the Virtual Boy. Oh! Shazam! Well, with that... Hashtag VB sucks, VB sucks, VB sucks. (laughs) Uh, Which, speaking of, speaking of, which Virtual Boy game are we going to hear on the spotlight today? You know, I looked, I was debating on it, but I'm like, now is not the right time for a Virtual Boy on the Virtual Spotlight? Well, no, see, the correct answer is there is no Virtual Boy game worthy of a spotlight. Now... I can do retro reject for every Virtual Boy game, and that'll no, last you know that'll every. last us a, that'll last us a good ten or twelve weeks based on how many <laughs> games actually came out for the system on its entire run. You, it's like you were saving all this up. What's going on here? So, I don't know nothing. I'm just I'm just giving the Virtual Boy the love it deserves. <laughs> With this week's retro spotlight, I'm not doing a game. It's not Virtual Boy. I'm going to save that for a special occasion. Oh God, you're going to do the console? What well, that'd oh, be geez. awesome. Uh, but I am doing a peripheral, a peripheral, a a ahem, ahem. peripheral, a peripheral. Yes, I'm doing an add-on that was added on for the Game <laughs> Boy Advance. It's called the Nintendo e-reader, and that's this week's retro spotlight. And I know you're not big on handhelds, but do, do you have you ever heard of the Nintendo e-reader? I've heard of the e-reader. Um, I definitely don't know much about it because of what you just said. Not, <laughs> I was never a big fan of handhelds until uh, recently, actually. Actually, hold on. No, you what did I ha- just drop? What was that? Uh-oh. Hold on. Uh-oh. Uh, Mario's tennis is in nope, peril, right, everyone. Good. I thought it was a bottle of water. It is not. Oh, thank God. I was just warning the audience that it was probably Mario's tennis. <laughs> dare you. Um, I actually still have my Nintendo e-reader. Why does that not surprise me? Oh, wow. Awesome. That's what it looked like, huh? This is what I'm showing Anthony right now. I'll take pictures of this. Sadly, I don't have any of the games for it, which I'll explain in a moment. But that's basically what it was. 
It's, All right, and what did, now what did it plug into? The Game Boy Advance. Game so Boy Advance. It played okay. on the Game Boy Advance, uh, and essentially you would just take a game which came on cards and, and swipe just the slide card. it through like a credit card. So basically here's how the whole process of the whole thing worked. I thought it was a, a really cool idea. It was released in Japan at the end of 2001, December of 2001. We got it here in North America in September of 2002. Uh, basically, it ran on an LED. Um, you know, I said, uh, you know, I compared it to a to a credit card reader, but it's more of an LED that read cards. They were basically like a they were like the size of baseball cards, and okay. uh, the top and bottom. Sometimes it'd be the sides, but the top and bottom had these dots on them, and that's it. Wasn't a barcode. It were actual dots. That's where the data was on these cards. So when you swiped it, it entered the data into the game, into the e-reader, thus into the game. Okay. I thought it was a really cool idea behind it. Um, well, but, now, let me let yeah. me ask you a question really quickly, though. Did you have to swipe the card every time you wanted to play the game? Or yes. did it save into the... No, okay. no, it didn't save. Um, there were two different types of cards. Basically, you had a series of cards that played that actually would play a game. Um, so, yes, every time you wanted to play the game, you had to keep swiping the cards. Uh, other ones would unlock levels, unlock mini games, unlock uh, secret items. Um, oh, those... see, that's kind of cool. No, yeah, that was awesome. And you were able, you bought them like baseball cards. You go into the store, you buy a pack of cards. Short of the video game ones, because there were NES games that you could play. Short of that, you would get the card pack. You really don't know what you're getting in it, and it was kind of like a dual collection. At the same time, trying to load up. For items, levels, or mini games, the well here, yeah. Here, but here's my question about that then. Okay, what if you bought a pack of cards and then it had cards in it for a game you didn't own? Well, that w- good question. What happens is the they were sold. You knew what game you were buying it for. Okay, like what? Probably the best example, best game that took advantage of this e-reader was Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3. Okay. Everybody got that? So basically, it was it was a port of... Super, Super-, Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3. Exactly. It was a port of Super Mario Brothers 3 onto the Game Boy Advance. So and why did they call it Super Mario Advance 4 then? Because... Why didn't they just call it Super Mario Brothers 3? Because it, it had like souped up graphics a little bit. Almost looked like the uh, Super Mario All-Stars version. Okay. And they just called it Super Mario Advance 4. I don't know why. Uh, So what happens is in that game, you were able to swipe e-reader cards to unlock like uh, 10, maybe almost like 30 extra levels in the game. Oh, well, see, now that's kind of cool. And what's awesome now, if you want to play those levels, if you download on the Wii U, I know it's a little bit of a touchy subject for you, but if you download, you can download. about my Wii U is getting repaired by Nintendo. Oh, you're actually doing that. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, I sent it back. (laughs) Um, You can download on the Wii U Virtual Console Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Bros. 3, and it comes already unlocked. Those special levels are already unlocked, obviously, because you can't use the e-reader anyway. Oh, well, that, well, at least that's cool. Now everybody can play the extra levels, and, and you wasted money on the cards. And what, Well, I did buy the game anyway. And what's cool is like, so, like the first four levels are like the first four levels of Super Mario Bros. 1, but played on Super Mario Bros. 3, like with the Super Mario Bros. 3 um, 
um, like the raccoon suit and stuff like that. Uh, see, now that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. It's only like 10 bucks on the Wii U, I think. Very, um, very now, nice. Well, when I, when I get my Wii U back, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try it. Here's the issue, though, when, going back when you originally had the e-reader. Uh-oh, there's an issue. You kind of needed two Game Boy Advances. Because what Why? Hap- because here's what happens. The unit is so big, it goes straight in. The e-reader plugs right into the game port of the system. But there's no pass-through to put the game into the e-reader. So what happened is you had to get the you know, like the two-player wires, the game link yep. cable. Mm-hmm. That's how you would link the e-reader to the game. So... I actually, thank God, I actually had, I don't think I had, no, I may have had two Game Boy Advances, actually. Of course you would. So you would plug in the E-Reader into one Game Boy Advance, you'd run the wire into the other Game Boy Advance that had Super Mario Bros. 3 in it, then you go to the certain area in the game, and then when you start swiping these dot codes, then it would transfer over. So the difficulty level of of having to own two systems back then, that's what made it a little inconvenient for unlocking stuff in a game. Well, that's just obnoxious. But if you had the Game Boy Player on the GameCube, then it worked. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply like a charm so in typical nintendo fashion because we know we know we know our we know our nintendo love fest these days is kind of it, it's kind of at a very very you know, <laughs> we're in a rocky we're it's going a little through a rocky road with that yeah. so um so basically they practically forced you to buy two game boy advances and the e-reader and then the cards to run through the e-reader so that you can get the extra stuff on the game. And I had all of it. <laughs> that is diabolically clever on Nintendo's part and absolutely evil at the same time. <laughs> uh, what I thought was also pretty cool Perfectly is evil. the data, like the, for the unlocking the levels, unlocking the special items and stuff like that. You know how nowadays you buy downloadable content, DLC, but yep. the content's already on the disc it's not like yes. you're actually down you're just unlocking it. Yep. Which is ridiculous. Here, all the data was on the card. So the game wasn't pre programmed with the levels. It actually the data was read and incorporated into the game. So it's not like you just magically unlock it. Well that's kinda cool. Yeah, I that mean, makes it, it worth actually, it. Yeah, as opposed to, you know, being lame and putting it on there but not giving your you know, the purchasers access. Exactly. Um, so the type of cards, like I mentioned, there were NES games, which we'll go over in a moment. Uh, levels and power-ups for Super Mario Bros. 3. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Animal Crossing, some items and designs for Animal Crossing. You're able to scan into the game. And I'm talking the GameCube okay. version. Um, yeah. Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire saw some new trainers and battles. Uh, this, I don't have this game, unfortunately, anymore. There was a version of Mario Party on the e-reader that was yeah. completely separate from the cartridge game. It, oh, wow. Yeah, it came with an actual board. It came with, uh, I guess, one die. Um, and it came with 64 cards to play a full game of Mario Party, but to play a full physical game of Mario Party. Wow, that's interesting. I'm and, surprised Nintendo would go that way. Oh, uh, it was pretty cool. And what you would do is when you got to a, a, a mini game, that's when you swipe the card to get the mini game oh. loaded into the Game Boy, and then you would play from there. But in a, in, a, in an instance like that, how like I don't know how many people play like Mario Party was four players. Right? Yeah, I think you got to play. I think you got to play up to four players on it, if I remember correctly. So you got to link up four. No, no, Game no, 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 no. What I'm saying is the the you had 64 cards that came in this game, a right. physical board that you unfold, that you yes. play on, and then you would roll the die and you know you move. When you had to play a mini game, everyone would huddle around the Game Boy, or you would pass the Game Boy around. Oh, I see. Yeah, that yeah. Just so sounds, that just sounds complicated. It's almost like the old, like that. What was that VHS game that you had? Oh, Nightmare. Yeah, it was kind of like that, where you had a physical board, but then you had like a multimedia aspect to it. I love that game. Oh, that game was awesome. Uh, I I just had a conversation about that game not too long ago, <laughs> actually. Actually, just a few days ago. <laughs> um, I lo- we, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. We um, well, maybe we'll talk about that during October. What else can you tell me about the e-reader, Larry, Mister Richard Spotlight this week? Also, there was some Game and Watch games. Uh, they were they were planning on releasing every Game and Watch game, uh, because the data for a Game and Watch game you can easily put on a single card. I can so, probably put it on my thumbnail. In all honesty, uh, they only got around to one game though. <laughs> they only released Manhole. That was the only one that came out for the e-reader. Uh, it was actually technically called Manhole E. Kind of like how wow. the iPhone, like Apple puts I in front of everything. Nintendo yep. was putting E at the end of everything when it came to the e-reader. Well, you know, because Nintendo is just super cool. <laughs> um, now, most of the cards would require one or two scans. Meaning, like I mentioned before, there'd be a barcode on the top and a barcode, well, not a barcode, a dot code on the top and a dot code on the bottom. So you swipe once, it will tell you to flip it over, you swipe again. There were 13 NES games. That came out for the e-reader. I think I may have owned like six or seven of them. Um, You had five cards to scan to play the game. And that's five cards, two sides. So it's ten total scans to get the game loaded in. Oh my god! And then you had to wait for the scan to get registered. No, no, it was quick. It was actually it was very. I will the the. But all right, yeah, but still, you're sitting there. Doing ten slides just to play <laughs> one game. I never complain about your retro spotlight games, <laughs> but I can no, understand. I'm, no, I get. It, it. I'm no, all joking I mean, aside. You're something right. Something like that. It's like, a bit that's, tedious. That's, yeah, that's a little. That's a little out there. Yeah. Um, so here's the list of NES games uh, that were available on the e-reader, and when you see what games they are, you can tell graphically speaking there wasn't a lot to them. Uh, so we had Balloon Fight, Baseball, Clue Clue Land. I love Clue Clue Land. Donkey Kong. Okay. Donkey Kong Jr. 
Uh, your favorite, Donkey Kong 3. Yay. Hi, Stanley. Excite Bike, Golf, Ice Climber, the original Mario Brothers, uh, Pinball, Tennis, and Urban Champion. Wow. And I think, honestly, I think I had, you know what? I didn't have five. I had Donkey it, Kong, Excite Bike, and Pinball. It had more games than the Virtual Boy. <laughs> it had almost the same number of games as the Virtual Boy. Uh, that is that is a sad statement. <laughs> um, and then some other aspects of this, which I thought was a very, you know, you got to admit, look, the, you know, the application of these items, the end means of these may not have turned out so well. But just the idea that Nintendo had an idea like the e-reader, I think just really, I think that was above and beyond, you know, like just very ahead of the game. You know, it didn't work out too well, but the idea behind it, I think, was pretty cool. Well, yeah, the idea behind it was fine. It's just that the execution of it was not really that strong. The uh, some so Animal Crossing, you're able to unlock, like I mentioned, you're able to unlock uh, some some levels, not levels, mm-hmm. uh, level design. Is one I'm trying to find to say. Um, what was cool though was about these cards as well, like you got special cards at GameStop, you got special cards at EB Games. If anyone remembers EB Games. Um, there were a lot of like special edition Funny. cards. The, uh, for example, probably one of the most rarest cards ever for the e-reader was a promo pack from E3 in 2002. It contained a variant of Manhole, uh, a couple of Pokemon trading card games, and a Kirby card. Now, the Kirby card is probably the most sought-out rarest e-reader card because what it did was you would scan it into the e-reader and all it did was tell you if you won a special prize that they were giving out at e3 um <laughs> so that's all it did so that's why that card is probably the rarest i've never actually seen it before um but i think it'd be pretty cool to to take a look at that there was an air hockey like a very uh, a basic air hockey game that was released actually was released with the e-reader in australia Okay. Um, then you had uh, what was called an Eon Ticket, which was a promotional giveaway at E3 and Toys R Us. Uh, that was more for Pokemon Ruby, Pokemon Sapphire. And um, even Mario vs. Donkey Kong had a hidden e-reader support. Over in Nintendo Japan, had a, a contest where 1,000 people won this card. Um, but it's weird is, even though there's a space for 12 levels... There were only five cards released, and this is another one that's considered one of the rarest of the e-cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's – it's and that's – like no one really knew about it. Again, that was more of a hidden aspect to it. Uh, same thing with Pikmin 2, which – these are recent games that had e-reader minigames to it, but that's more exclusive to Japan. So they I was just going to say, stuff. yeah, because in Japan they're probably still playing and selling this thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. Um, And then uh, there was even one over in Japan for Pokemon Pinball, which was a great game on the Game Boy Advance. You were able to scan some cards to change some difficulty levels on the game. So between detailed high-end stuff like actual physical games versus just, you know, tweaking a difficulty level in certain games, this e-reader really did it all. And um, I really wish I still had my cards, to be honest with you. Well... The problem, yeah, see, and the problem with having cards for games is that cards are a lot more fragile. Oh, they sure were. Trust me when I tell you. Yep. So well, they had, li- lies the problem from day one. They had some, I mean, they were 
built sturdy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they held up to a bunch of swipes. But yeah, no. If you screwed it up, you got it wet or something like that. Forget about it. It's gonna be literally yeah, were, game over. Yeah, you were screwed. Screwed worse than a person, little kid who bought a Virtual Boy. Aw, poor kid. As I put away my Game Boy e-reader. Aw. <laughs> so, but check it out. It's a very cool uh, add-on to the Game Boy Advance. And uh, if you can find it somewhere, it's just cool. It's a nice collectible. Um, and uh, you know, something really out of the ordinary, right here. On the Retro Spotlight. Yay. And this week in gaming! What do we got, bro? Well, as always, thank you, Josh, for that uh, wonderful rendition of our intro for this week in gaming. Uh, Good lord. Forever Uh, entangled in now with the Retro Gamers. That is right. That's it. Yeah, he's he definitely earned his way in just by just by that sound those sounds. There there was definitely there was definitely a sound in there that took down all the walls. We should uh, start making up like a retro gamer's auxiliary. <laughs> he's gonna be part of that. Frankie's a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> they can fight over who's president of the auxiliary. <laughs> they, but the president has to determine what kind of weird hats they have to wear. Oh dear. But anyway, so being as how I've been super busy uh filming this weekend and running around you know like i always am with my job and whatnot um i was uh, uh unable to fulfill my duties um <laughs> for the retro spotlight or this week in gaming this week so larry has you know graciously decided to take that over for me um his retro spotlight was a disaster what but no you know it, but uh, well you know it wasn't a disaster okay it was it was it was it, it was it was a borderline Oh, okay. Yeah, it's borderline. You know, just you're gonna go out and buy an e-reader. I know you are. Oh yeah, I'm gonna run right out there and get one right now. (laughs) And have no cards to swipe into, and no Game Boy, and and no and no Game Boy Advance either. So it'll go over really well. That too. But anyway, so Larry, you know, since you've you've taken over my segments for me this week, uh, you get the opportunity to surprise me with a game or two. Uh, So let's hear about this week in gaming. All right, so here we go. Um, mine are going to be, uh, as typically the last few times I've done this week in gaming, uh, mine are more North American releases. I know Anthony also focuses on a lot of the uh, Japanese releases. but That's right. uh, I got a couple of them in here, but these are mostly the U.S.-based uh, releases. So. All right, well, I can hardly wait. Here we go. 1983, very basic, on DOS, Computer Baseball. I'll give you three guesses as to what that game consists of. Uh, it, ins- it it consisted of like rectangles playing baseball. <laughs> you know what? Let's take it. <laughs> so eighty three saw computer baseball. You can't. We cannot go without saying this one. Nineteen eighty five on the Famicom, Super Mario Brothers. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, wow. So we're dealing with uh, thirty two years yep. of the Super Mario Brothers. Big time. Absolutely awesome. Conspicuous by his absence. Poor Stanley. Cousin Stanley, where are you? 1993 saw the home release of Mortal Kombat on almost everything at the time. Game Gear, Genesis, Uh, Super Nintendo, and the Game Boy. And the rating boards wept. (laughs) Uh, now, Now here's, I can't even believe this game came out on this system. In 1994, on the Sharp X sixty eight thousand. Oh, I love that system. And this is never just... seen it before in my life, and I love it <laughs> absolutely. And this is just one of many systems this game came out on. Uh, 
Super Street Fighter 2, The New Challengers. Really? Was released on the Sharp X68000 on top of literally everything else. I wouldn't think the Sharp X68000 would be powerful enough to play that. You know what? Neither did I. I had to YouTube it just to verify, and yeah, it was on the Sharp. It was playing on the Sharp 68000. Well, that is some kind of special, isn't it? <laughs> We're gonna jump up to 1997. I'm actually. I didn't think this game came out in 97. I thought it came out much later. In the arcade, Mortal Kombat 4. Oh yeah, well the arcade was always, I think, a, you know, a couple years ahead. No, but I thought Mortal Kombat 4 still came out in, like, the 2000s. No, no, uh, no. It was definitely late 90s. So. Uh, 1998. I feel like this is one of your favorite games. On the PlayStation 1, Devil Dice. Oh, my God. I was addicted yes, to that I game. So. Holy cow. <laughs> it was so much fun. And and not only that, but so was my mom. <laughs> yes, that's right. I knew. Like, my mom and I would play Devil Dice. for like We would go for a good 45 minutes before we die, too. It was awesome. <laughs> so that was 1998. Wow. Almost 20, 20 years. It, that, that, almost 20 years. Uh, football season just started. So in 2000, we saw NFL Blitz on Dreamcast. Okay. Which is the I, NFL's answer to NBA Jam. Yes, and that's why I didn't like it. Really? I liked Blitz. I thought Blitz was cool. I didn't care for Blitz very much. No, but then right. again, I wasn't a big football game player. So, <laughs> uh, 2001, probably one of the best games I've ever played on the Game Boy Advance. And I remember me and a buddy of mine uh, bought this when we bought the Game Boy Advance. Uh, Advance Wars, which is very much plays like if you remember – like it. Um, it kind of plays like Shining Force as far as that turn base. Yep. And then when two people start to fight, it has that cutscene. Uh, but oh, then yes. it was very, you know, like, when I say military, meaning, you know, like helicopters, tanks, it was in a cartoonish style. But, oh, God, we played that. Me and my buddy Tim. Tim, hopefully you're listening because um, he was he was in ROTC, so he was all about Advanced Wars when we were playing it. He kicked my butt each and every time. Well... Yeah, but that kind of happens often to you when you play video games. <laughs> 2003, jumping ahead on Xbox, WWE Raw 2. Uh, again, and I've, we've said this before, too, but the those two Raw games, I think, were two of the most underrated wrestling games ever Absolutely. made. Absolutely. Absolutely. And probably the only direct sequel of a uh, WWE game. Very true. Or at least the first one. I think they directing had a sequel. Yeah. So with the each week, there's always a weird title, uh, and this is kind of it's a very simple one, but very weird. In 2004, mm-hmm. on the Atari 5200, up oh, there we go. You do the math. Beef drop. What exactly? <laughs> Beef drop. <laughs> okay. Is it a prequel? I... Is is it the ancestor of Super Meat Boy? I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that uh, I need to get me some beef drop right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, when I search for it, it comes up on the 7800. So, uh, but uh, in fact, Uh-oh. here is screwed some... up. The, screwed up the beef drop. Look at this. Okay, you know what it is? I'm looking at it right now. It is a horrific ripoff of Burger Time. Oh well, that makes sense. I mean, a beef drop. There you go. Ripoff. Uh, where did my list go? There it is. All right. And then finally, in 2005, and let's see if you know the difference as to why this one is. 2005 on Windows and the original Xbox, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, second edition. 
Grand Theft Auto San Andreas second. Okay. Has a little. Well, let me know. Think. Think. He's thinking. Thinking. Why they had to come out with a second edition? Uh, I, no, can give you, I can give you a clue, which pretty much is the answer. Uh, just tell Two me, Larry. Words. Hot coffee. Hot coffee. There yep. you go. The hot coffee. Infamous, infamous. Infamous hot coffee. Sex scene in GTA San Andreas. Not even a scene, because you don't really see anything. But the implication of is, intercourse. And you know what? And and that's all you need. You just need the implication, and that's all it takes to be shut down. And what's great is the original OG version, which I think I have. Um, yeah. That, I think, ended up getting an was later changed to an MA rating. Uh, no, what is it? AO for adults only. Oh, well, that would make sense. I think. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so they had, to, they had to take out the hot I coffee. you're right. Take out hot coffee, second edition. And it was called hot coffee because you pretty much just saw the hot coffee bouncing around. You saw yes. the cup move. <laughs> Still meanwhile, awesome. Meanwhile, later on, there's a mini game in the beginning of God of War where I think you're having a threesome. And you have to, you have to hit the buttons in order. Again, it's off screen, but... You have to hit the buttons in order. I think that's how you replenish your life. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you got to replenish your life somehow. So 2005 versus oh, two, God of War came out, I think, in like 2012 or something. So, but that's, uh, you know, that those are the big name games uh, this week in gaming. Uh, the, you know, the big ones that really took over are Super Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Those saw a lot of releases uh, their respective years. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mortal Kombat, like, you know, Ever since the first one has just been wildly popular. Yep. I mean, they're still making them today. Oh, absolutely. Uh, same with Street Fighter. <laughs> yep. So, Ultra Street Fighter 2, get it on the Switch. It is awesome. Well, Larry, I have to commend you. Uh, you did a you did a halfway decent job on Retro Spotlight and This Week in Gaming. Thank you very much. I'm going to go yeah, on eBay won't... now and try and spend a whole lot of money on e-reader cards. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and you let me know what it's like spending all that money. Uh, I just read online that the Kirby one goes for like three hundred bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Are you kidding me? Three hundred dollars for a card? I'm expecting a few thousand. All right. Well, good luck with that. I may just buy that now. I hope you spend a few thousand then. In my luck, it'll probably be just some guy who drew Kirby on an eight by ten. That's uh, probably what it is. And and you you know what though? He'll at least give you Kirby's signature. This is true. So. Um, <laughs> Can't ask for more than that. Unless I get a Jack Kirby autograph. You know, then that's even better. That's uh, a totally different Kirby. <laughs> so uh, so there we are this week uh, with the Retro Gamers. Uh, it's been a heck of a week. Um, I mean, I know, trust me, there's been a lot going on. Natural disasters, earthquakes, fires, 9-11 memorials. Uh, so it's been a very solemn weekend. So hopefully... After everything that happened this weekend, we're able to take your mind a little bit off of everything, make you laugh a little bit, make you cringe a little bit. <laughs> what what we're trying I to talk about. I definitely cringed. <laughs> and, um, you know, kind of get back to, uh, to to life and goes without saying, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, out by you, Aunt. And oh, yeah. Always up. I mean, everywhere else, you know, definitely we're thinking about you. Be safe. Be careful. And thank you for still downloading the Retro Gamers. Ain't you got anything happening? Uh, no, everything that I had happening happened this weekend. So uh, I am uh, looking forward to as doing as little as possible this week except work. That sounds tr- tremendous. As I work wait, and sleep. Work and sleep. As, uh, the day that this drops, um, Apple will be announcing the new iPhones. 
So uh, I guess you know, $300 for a Kirby card is going to be a drop in the bucket compared to the new iPhones. That's very true, but uh, you know, people are going to pay for it. Yeah, I will. So... Yes, you will. I will not. <laughs> uh, with that, though, check us out everywhere. Facebook.com slash RetroGamersPodcast, TheRetroGamers.com, Instagram, at the retro excuse me at the underscore retro gamers yep. and september is superhero september so wednesdays we're broadcasting live streams us victims and villains ps midnight cast last yep. wednesday i played batman on the nes so go check that out on the facebook page who's up next and, are you uh no no josh is up next this week. okay He's he's oh as usual he's quiet he doesn't let us know really what he's going to be playing. Nah, he likes to he likes to surprise <laughs> us. Sure so uh, we'll we'll all find out on Wednesday. And then Ant, you got it the week after, and then Brandon from PS Midnight Cast will wrap it up at yep. the end of the month. I, I got the week after, so I'm looking forward to that. So definitely check it out. Remember, subscribe everywhere: iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, YouTube. You find us everywhere on those. Hit like, give us a five star rating. It only takes a couple of minutes. By giving us that rating, you really get us out there with the masses. We're almost at 500, uh, you know, followers, 500 likes on Facebook page. Yep. Which for two people originally from Brooklyn who just decided to start a podcast, trust me, big time numbers for us. It's pretty good. Yeah, and yeah, please please like us because you know, for every person who likes us, one more virtual boy in the world dies. <laughs> oh my god. You like us. You really like us. Poor virtual boy. I need to find Now I'm sad. Well, you you go be sad. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> and with that, folks, we'll catch you next week right here on the Retro Game. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.